In the body, connective tissues bind structures together, form a framework and support for organs in the body as a whole. Every closed system has connective tissue. The human body, the biosphere, and the open marketplace alike. The Connective Tissue Podcast is an attempt to connect the philosophies, experts, and opinions that comprehensively encompass the five compounding Fs of life. Fact, finance, fitness, family, and freedom. Together, we all represent the connective tissues of life. Our intention is for you to use the information provided to contrast against your own walk of life to maximize every avenue of success, peace, and prosperity. No matter how you view it, movement is life. Remember, it's not like magic, it is magic. Eternally rhetorical, how do you move? I'm your co-host, Philip A. Croshan. And I am your co-host, Garrett G. Massonata. And together, we are the Connective Tissue Podcast. All right, guys. Welcome. Episode number one. Uh, we're going to talk about the power of uh, strategic partnerships and the power of collaboration. So, man, uh, I'm blessed to be your partner, brother. Yeah. Likewise, man. I think there's no more fitting title um, given how the body works in a synergistic way, it's held up through tensegrity. You know, you have something working to the left, something working to the right, something working up, something working down, all to hold the body in place without collapsing or falling over against the force due to gravity. So, without further ado, the power of collaboration. Do you tell me a time that um, in your life where you really saw the power of collaboration, synergy coming together? I think uh, my first, uh, the first story I can tell is probably when I realized my grandparents, right? What you mean by that? My, so my grandparents, everything they did, they did together, they did synergistically. Yeah. And I think they both contributed to the relationship um, very much in different ways. But without my grandfather, you know, the house wouldn't have been home. And without my grandmother. Mm. So grandpa was always working, always doing something outside. Grandma was always doing something inside. Always had lunch ready, breakfast ready, dinner ready. Grandpa was always out, you know, taking care of the garden or doing yard work, stuff like that. You know, you've only recently started talking to me more about your grandparents. And I've known you for years. Um, you're, you're from Boonville. Right? Boonville. Tell us a little bit California. about Boonville. Man, uh, Boonville, small town, about 2,000 people. Yeah. Um, not much to do, um, which is what got me into sports. I played football, basketball, baseball, soccer. So that right then and there, once I, I got on my first baseball team when I was three, first soccer team when I was four, first football team when I was six. Yeah. So, I mean, basketball, I started later on. Sixth grade was, I think, was the first year I played basketball. So I was always a, on a team. You know. Always a, a, a collaborative effort, everything that we did, you know. So I realized you can't do anything alone. Yeah, man. Ever. Uh, and be successful with it, in my personal opinion, because you're always going to mess up somewhere along the lines. That's a lot coming from you. You say 2,000 people? 2,000 people, you know, and it, it grew. I think when I was born, it was like 1,200, and now it's like Get out of town. Yeah. You're one of those guys that you were nationally ranked and when you were playing high school ball, you know, projected to be one of the, the top quarterbacks in the country out of a town with 2,000 people. I'm, I came out of Birmingham, Alabama, played with Hoover High School, one of the best football high schools in the nation, 100,000 plus people in the city and I really got to see collaboration but even you where you're probably the star on every team 
you saw that collaboration, that that power of synergy um, in those examples, huh? Oh, 100%. I mean, we had playmakers and stuff too, like, but literally I couldn't make all the plays. I didn't, I had a line, right? Right. I right. had lead blockers, I had a full bag, I had a tail bag, you know. Uh, we ran, uh, basically, we ran like an under center wildcat. So uh, a lot of the times our guards were pulling and I had like loved a, it. I had a guard picking up the backer. I had a uh, my fullback picking up the DB. And then I was off to the races most of the time. <laughs> you know, I would have never been successful as a quarterback running the ball or throwing the ball without playmakers on the, the receiver end or the line, you know. Fair. I think that a lot of playmakers don't realize it. You know, so without taking the easy way out, you know, obviously we are sports guys by experience, um, clinical guys. So we understand the body and we'll make sure we use those examples. But uh, give me a uh, an example of collaboration where you see things working synergistically together, where all things work together for good and for the better outside of team sports and for the time being outside of ergogenics within the body I mean I think uh, you and Har are a great example Evelyn and I are a great example Facts. Um, you have to have a wife if you're a man or a woman to to coexist with and to uh, to make babies with right <laughs> like, okay. you cannot say <clears throat> partners partners right Right. partners um, because we are aware that our walk of life is not the only walk of life yeah, right? there are other but, walks of life but I understand what you're saying that um, having a partner to add to your life supplement um, not to make whole is is a is an integral component to success um, even in entrepreneurship um, we were setting up I know when I was first starting out with uh, I Am Creature Science um, and I Am Creature Science is the first business that I started uh, I mean I met Hara my wife back in college but uh, in that time that I was incorporating getting everything going she was right there you know and every step of the way whether it was helping me um, actually put together the the logo or merch or getting her opinion on hiring people, partnerships. If I didn't have that that extra push behind me, it would the headache would have been double that, you know. Um tell me a little bit about how you and Evelyn move. Yeah, so um back in during the COVID nineteen pandemic I went from being an executive to uh, one of the largest companies in the fitness industry big boy and uh, that was in in east la um and i was commuting from down here in san diego daily and honestly the the covid pandemic was a, a blessing in disguise for me because that's how i started my business if it, i don't think that i would ever become mm. an entrepreneur i think a lot of entrepreneurs agree with you because i saw the same thing i mean i i strapped in bro yeah i, I was forced to i didn't yeah. i wasn't gonna make uh 1800 a month on uh, unemployment. Um, How old were you then? 2020. 25. 25? 25. Getting it. Um, well, and I was all really thanks to the wife. So 
Um, as soon as the pandemic hit, <clears throat> I have a, had a friend hit me up. He's running a, a million dollar marketing agency right now, and nice. he started during the pandemic. Nice. But first, he bought some program from this uh, online uh, fitness business coach, yeah, um, who's pretty successful as well. His name's Tanner Chittister. He bought his program, and basically, this was just scripts and stuff like that uh, to sell online coaching and do online coaching calls. Yeah. Get the leads via Instagram ads and he couldn't make all the calls. That was another uh, way of um, showing me that you can't do it by yourself. He needed me to help him make the calls because he had too many leads. So he yeah. helped me. I made a few calls, made a few sales and I was like, man, uh, what am I doing? Evelyn told me, why don't you just do this for yourself? Start your mm-hmm. own personal training business and I one day I sat down because Evelyn told me to and uh I made, I think, I went through all my contacts mm-hmm. that I had ever met at LA Fitness. And I was like, hey, I'm running my own personal training business out of my garage. I know the gyms are closed. There's nowhere for you to work out. Would you like to come train? And I Hustler. Sent, I think I sent out like 1,800 texts, all my contacts, right? Born hustler. Um, Hermazi style. It was, it, it was a grind, man. It took me all day long. And then out of those 1,800, I think maybe 500 of them re- even responded. Yeah. And out of those 500, maybe 200 uh, showed interest. That's a pretty good conversion right there, bro. And then out of those maybe 200 showed interest, I closed 30 of them. I got 30 clients right off the bat. I was making six figures during COVID. 1,800. From 1,800. So the conversion, it, 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 was a work, it was a grind. And it took me probably a month and a half, two months to get full. Then I started running boot camps with Evelyn on the weekends. Yep. Charging like $10 a head. Mm-hmm. Making, you know, doing a two, two hours of boot camps, making a couple hundred bucks. Was that your first six-figure revenue stream as an entrepreneur yeah oh. and, you know I, I kind of let when when the gym started opening back up back in 2022 is when I I lost some clients and I mm-hmm. lost about half my income and then I did a bodybuilding show and I didn't have the energy to train clients and I really lost my passion for training clients mm-hmm. I don't know where it went uh, I think it was just the energy and I was so depleted and so sleep deprived and so energy deprived that I just didn't have the energy to do so. And I think maybe if I would have had a partner, I would have had a, that extra accountability yeah. factor because Evelyn had her own full-time job and stuff. So uh, I couldn't expect her to help me train clients when I didn't have yeah. that, that energy. So I lost half my clients and I wasn't making enough money to pay the bills. If you're not making enough money to pay the bills, you got to have a plan B. Get back to work. I went back to what I knew. I went back to that same company and I was like, look, guys, I want to become an executive again. I, mm. I, I know how to run teams. I'm created this job. Um, they're like, oh, yeah, 60, 90 days. You, you, we'll bring you back on. Show us your company, man. Show us you still know how to do the job. And we'll make you an executive. And I said, bet. Um, went back. First month, 12 days in. Killed it. Hit the max bonus amount. And 12 days? 12 days in. Now, and that At that time, you were managing how many clubs? When I left the company during COVID, when, when the pandemic happened, I had five gyms in East LA and it was the sh- most struggling, it was the most struggling district in the company out of 75 districts in personal training. So you went from managing five clubs East LA to bringing your network to San Diego, started the online and in-person training, yeah. created a six-figure revenue, did a bodybuilding show, kind of lost your passion for a moment, went back into the corporate system, mm-hmm. turn the gyms back up in twelve days, just, maxed out on bonuses. Yeah, just one gym. So, so I, then you went to one. One maxed okay. out bonus, and I did that. I mean, so I was just running the personal training department, September, October, November, 
and then they're like then they told me I was going to get promoted I got an email saying what clubs I was going to get in San Diego yeah. uh, on October 1st and they said November 1st you'll be promoted didn't happen they didn't promote me mm. so they said we're restructuring what, what did you learn or was there anything for you in particular to learn that it is extremely important for you to teach at this point I heard uh, Mike Tyson say something you know he I, I like Mike Tyson um I think is in in this new journey that he's in, you know, walking in humility. Um, he always has something to say, which I don't take as a negative thing because his mind is full of experience, full of ideas. And I, I saw this um, podcast that he was doing, and um, he was speaking with the guest. I think he was speaking with Nick Cannon, and uh, Nick was being very grateful. He's saying, you know. Like, man, I, I've done everything. I've done it all. We won the game. You know, like, the devil's mad when I wake up. Um, he said, I've done everything. And Mike said, there's one thing you didn't do. You ain't teach. So my question to you, I thought that was profound. Um, what from those experiences, if if there's any one thing or two, whatever makes the most sense, but it, make it succinct. If there was any one thing that you got from your situation going from corporate busting it down I mean working hard six figures earning in corporate then to six figures earning yourself going back into corporate putting that same amount of work into it and not having as much control over it um and then now your entrepreneurship again back at it baby um what have you learned from from that from the from the ups and downs, I mean, movement is life, right? So, you gotta get that high, hit the low, hit the trough to get momentum, just to go back up. And if you look at that stretched out at high enough frequency, it looks like a straight line. So, what did you learn? I've learned everything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned so much in the last decade being in this industry, man. Um, number one thing: bet on yourself. Right. Always bet on yourself. No one else is ever going to bet on you but you, man. I agree. No one will bet on you but you. I agree, bro. Unless you have a partner. And that partner, they got to bet on you mm. as well and, and lean on you as well. Um, and I think that's where, where the partnership goes hand in hand. Like, I couldn't do it with what we're doing without you. Right. I don't think you could do what we're doing without me. No, nah, I mean, it wouldn't be the same. I mean, outside of like our podcast I think it's a great way just for us to share our ideas to teach to learn not only from each other but from the feedback that we get um, but in our uh, clinical and performance practice um, where we overlap in the corrective movements um, I'm kind of specializing in the neuromuscular integration and PT and you on the performance side um, it makes such a, a synergistic flow for us to approach the body comprehensively you know bring the applied science not only to performance but to the clinical arena there's no way i could do everything and stretch my scope of practice that far for too long i mean i'd burn out you know and there's been times where i felt like i was burning out but if it wasn't it wasn't for you making getting getting my fee as as a as one of my friends so eloquently put if it weren't for me getting my fee i'd burn out man um so us working together has been everything. Um, let's uh, let's talk about what it means to, or, or what do you look for when you are identifying a partner? When you, when you saw me, what 
what was it that reached out to you that that called and said this is this is the guy that I'm going to I'm going to put my my eggs in this basket. You know, of course I'm bringing myself, but I'm sure you've been have you been burned in a partnership before? Man, so many times, multiple times. And I ain't really got to talk about it cuz of course not. I don't, don't want to harm on anybody. Nah. I, karma will always get people. I truly believe in karma. Yeah. So if you did me dirty, Best revenge is your success, bro. Yeah, and you're doing that. I'm gonna be successful. You look regardless. good doing it. <laughs> so, so tell me this: What about me? Look different? Uh, man, everything. Yeah, literally. Uh, well put together, well dressed. Uh, well, Likewise. Well versed, man. I noticed that about you first, by the way. I saw, I, I saw the way you were dressed compared to your peers, and I was like, man, this guy's about his business. And then we spoke. You opened your mouth, and I was like. He's serious business, you know? <laughs> so, but I didn't even cut you off, all right? Oh, you're good, you're good. Uh, I felt the same about you, man. Uh, uh, and you know, one of my old uh, DVPs, district vice presidents, when I was at that company, told me, uh, he's actually the one that hired me. Uh, he told me, if you look like money, people will give you money. That's a good good rule to live by. As soon as he thumb. told me that, man, I was an entry-level personal training counselor. My job was to sell personal training. I just started. I've been like two, three weeks in, and I was wearing like joggers and LA Fitness shirt, T-shirt kind of deal, tennis shoes. Yeah. I was like, I wasn't making money. People weren't giving me money. And I, I look like money. I changed it up. I went and bought some slacks. I, uh, I ripped a few pairs of slacks. <laughs> I would wear dress shoes, and I would wear a polo. Tucked in, I looked like money. Started making money. It was crazy. Yeah. And then I would show up to the meetings. I was the best dressed. I was better dressed than all my 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 superiors. Mm. And the, I don't know. They kind of hated on me and stuff. But I was the most successful wherever I went. Yeah. And I feel like it was because I I dressed well. I spoke well. I had the confidence because of the the way I dressed. Mm. You know, I always had my hair done. You know what stood out to me about you and our ongoing process? Although all those things were true, they were attrib- they were great attributes for you to have, great characteristics, but it set you apart maybe this much. What really took you to the the other end of the spectrum for me is that you were a constant student. And when I'm looking at you and I'm speaking to you mirroring that it required me in in accountability to stay up to date on the research literature it required me to to be accurate you know not just be comfortable with no I don't know this answer I'll find out for you go get the answer have the answers because I got someone next to me who is always I mean I don't know how many times I, I've come out of an appointment or something and, and you may have some time and you either your nose in a book or you slumped <laughs> with a book in your hand, you know. Um, and I admire that, man. It's scary. It's scary because it's a reminder that someone's always grinding. Someone's always it's not even it's not even that you on my toes. You you on your own shadow. You know, you're being yourself. And that right there. It's like shit. I mean, I'm not necessarily trying to beat you. I'm working on myself. But when you see other Titans, link up. 
we're working together, man. It's a collaborative effort. Definitely. I'm eager to learn from you, and I, that's one of the reasons why I chose you to be my partner as well, man. I know you you know the body like no other. Like, I've never met somebody that understands anatomy and biomechanics and physiology like you do. And Appreciate it, bro. It's fucking crazy. It's beautiful. It's, it is a beautiful thing, The man. human body is, is, it is fascinating, man. I mean, in every way that you put it, it is, it's almost erotic. It is. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, well, in some ways it is. The yeah. is it it is such a masterful design and the most inspiring thing to me about the human body is that there is always change. There's nothing that happens to you that is forever. It's always moving. It's me. always changed. That's everything about life. It's forced adaptation. Moving. Yeah. A series of adaptations in the same direction as an evolution, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's what I'm creature science was about. Creature stands for cultivating real exercise adaptations through undeniable research evaluations. I know it's a mouthful, but it's dope, right? Yeah, I didn't even know that's what it stood for. Yeah, man, that's, that's, it's an acronym. That's dope. Um, and and I'm about those adaptations to continue to force those adaptations in a sequence to where we're able to see a macro evolution. And with that, we're not so separated by our superficial differences like color of skin, you know, your hair, things like that. Shit that doesn't even matter. Shit that don't <laughs> matter. It just shows how cool we are in terms of adaptation. Our phenotypes are adaptations, right? It's just relative to the environments that we've adapted to exactly. over millennia. Yeah. But um, the what, what it does bring, bring out, the adaptations in particular... Um, it brings to the surface what you put into it. So if you and I, you can be, you're, you're Italian, I'm American, um, and, and when I mean American, of course, I mean indigenous American. Um, we can, both of us can go put ourselves under a load of 415 and a bench, and we're going to adapt the same because tissues within this atmosphere adapt the same under relative pressures, you know? Um, so that right there makes it art because it is mobile, you know, the the, the transmutable adaptations that occur, I, I think is, is just so dope. And, and the, the stylus is the science. Um, talk to me a little bit about um, leveraging... What is that? What is it? What do we have out there? Resource, leveraging resource and expertise. Leveraging so. resource and, and expertise. Man. What does that mean to you? Leveraging resource and expertise. Put that in in simple terms. So, uh, I mean, we both have different expertise, right? Right. We both have different resources that we bring to the table. Mine is uh, team lead, lead, team leadership. Yep. Right. Uh, sales ability, um, and I think we both bring this just workhorses man we both want to work we both want to be successful so bad yeah that we push each other so much and i think we're both extremely open-minded so um we can leverage our our resources that we bring to the table your your clinical aspect my my um, performance aspect and corrective aspects so we bring something to the table that's extremely versatile Give me two two examples. I think most of our listeners are either in the applied science space, which can cover clinical expertise, performance, or they are entrepreneurs, 
or entrepreneurs on in in their walk you know um, i think it's it's a it's a big thing especially now man you got to at least have one six figure in a revenue stream to truly be yourself you know just to have some creative juices flowing so um let's talk uh maybe give an example of uh leveraging resources in a team setting not not like sports team um but a team setting like like ours in our in our clinical office and performance facility um as well as in entrepreneurship well i think if you're looking for a partner uh get somebody that brings something different to the table right like you if you would have gotten a partner and i was uh a physical therapist I'm not bringing anything to the table that you're not bringing to I, yeah you know I mean I guess it depends on the model type but one thing I think Alex Hormozzi said you know I know you and I both listen to a lot of Hormozzi uh, shout out Hormozzi Nation um, I think that's, that's almost a direct quote from him if if you are bringing the same thing to the table then what do what you, you what, what are you doing being partners you're better off just doing it by yourself just grow a pair and hit the grind mm-hmm. you know I learned a lot in sales from you um, coming out uh, particularly honing my skills as a scientist um, I love to just rely on the accuracy but Business is not only about accuracy, it's about perceptional value. And you can perceive anything to be effective, even if it's inaccurate. Um, And one thing that you taught me early on was uh, I told you, man, I'm not a salesman. You know, science is is there is an absolute truth is accurate, you know, and I love that because um, the way I came up, there's a lot of people try to deny you deny your reality um and just agree to disagree on opinions you know um so i became a scientist really in response to that like that's absolute truth and i I stood out all the time because i didn't mind doing the the work and the research to be the most intelligent in my courses you know to be the top of my class to be the best athlete i actually took the information and applied it appropriately uh, I told you yeah, I'm not, I wasn't a salesman because the science speaks for itself so you don't need to close people's I don't need to close it's true if and it worked logical. it worked a lot but it went perfect um, and you told me that man you're always selling life is a sale man. life is a sale <laughs> And once I adopted that perspective, and not, it wasn't necessarily that I had to change my mind. I just had to add it to my repertoire. Mm-hmm. I became a beast. Yeah, man. I became a beast. You know, uh, it's like making six figures wasn't a hard thing. Creating a system that you can consistently generate your numbers—that was a task. And the catalyst to me generating that system was creating a, a sales protocol. Life is about selling. Yeah. You sold me on becoming uh, your partner. Big sale. And vice versa. Big sale. You sold uh, your wife on becoming your wife. Oh, yeah. I told her, I said, hey, I got the gold. You want the gold. Come get it. I sold my wife on, on becoming my girl. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Every day. To keep your girl, you gotta sell her. You're selling her, 
But that's due diligence. That's due diligence as a man. Can't ever get comfortable. Yeah. Same way you can't get comfortable in your business, right? Business, friendships, relationships, everything, right? All goes hand in hand with sales. If you can sell uh, a gym membership, you could sell uh, a training protocol, you could sell a physical therapy program, you could do anything you want. In right. Life. right. You just got to close yourself, sell yourself Closed. first. Closed. Mm. If you're not closed on whatever you're attempting to do, if you're not closed on, on being successful, you won't be. You're not you gonna manifest it. You can't. You can't manifest. So you gotta believe it to achieve. Is what you're saying. You gotta believe it to achieve, and that's a freaking true thing, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, fair enough. What's our next? So, um, expanding our market reach. So mm. you and I both work. Will bring something different to the table, which brings us different type of clientele right right you you really uh got your foot in the door with a dance sport athlete for me i'm coming from i'm bringing clientele from the south bay um which is a, it's a different demographic right your demographic money is not necessarily an issue my demographic that i'm used to training i've used, i've been placed in areas where working class communities East LA South San Diego working class communities mm-hmm. I've been successful everywhere because I build value right if you build value and you know how to sell and you care because you're passionate and you actually truly generally just want to help people you'll be successful anywhere you go I agree I did the same thing with um, with dance sport and um you know, in dance sport, I never expected, I never expected to find a niche in uh, providing movement, pathology, and orthotherapy within professional ballroom dancing. <laughs> um, but I tell you this, this is how I've added value to dance sport. I started seeing the dancers who were on their own just throughout their entire life have always had to be very aware of their body as a whole because it is their machine it is their instrument Um, and more times than not they treat it like such but synergistically they tend not to have professionals around them that are caring for their body like a mechanic and um so I came in and, and really um, troubleshooted any movement imbalances, um, any injuries, any strength deficits to make them a more efficient machine in the business of which they condone that is dancing. And it was the perfect marriage. It was the perfect match because rather than waiting on you to break something in physical therapy and bring it to me and have a limited amount of sessions, which I've done, um, dance board, they constantly have a need to perfect. And when I say these majestic creatures are so close to perfect, and I'm fortunate to be able to work with some of the best uh, ballroom dancers in the world and they, they they put their ability on display and it's almost like planting a seed it is planting a seed watering it watching it grow over the years and produce fruit um, because 
when they are successful, my ballroom dancers, they communicate the the importance and the need and the appreciation for meeting them where they are and helping them perfect or at least optimize their biomechanics towards not only their business, but their passion and their love. And when I'm doing a disablement model, whether it is for physical therapy, whether it's for an injured athlete, um, or it's just a performance program, I take all those things to consideration, not just breaking things down to the cellular level, but how it affects them socially. And it, it was the most beautiful marriage for me. I added value to an already valuable field. And that's why I think it was very lucrative. Good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's interesting when we're working with these with these dance sport athletes, like when you have them doing uh, dance moves, I don't know, whatever that's called, <laughs> um, mid-set and stuff, asking how their knees feeling or their ankles feeling, their shoulders feeling. They move so freaking smooth. I've never seen something. They're, it's almost like a, a, they're like a swan, right? Super yeah. graceful. And it's, it's amazing to see, amazing to watch, and they all have great move, amounts of movement, competency whether they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Wouldn't even know. Even the people that aren't even in great shape still can move. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see. Um, and it's something that I've never witnessed. Uh, most of the people that I see are people that are either extremely inexperienced in, the, in fitness, never never worked out in their lives, um, or people who have worked out and have improper movement patterns, or people that just want to lose weight and lose some body fat and gain some muscle. Um which makes them a bodybuilder technically. Right? <laughs> if you're working out for aesthetics um, or improving body composition, you're technically a bodybuilder. I would challenge your definition. Okay. If you're working out for optimization, you are a bodybuilder. Okay. When you look at the purest in bodybuilding, there is no, dare I say this, there is no aesthetic and because there is there is no external standard of aesthetics the standard is found in how one feels and the better you feel the better you move and the better you move the better you look they all go hand in hand I got to um listen to Arnold closely at um, one of the Arnold classics um, and he gave this spiel this was like back in 20, 2018 um, he gave this spiel about what where bodybuilding came from where it stemmed from um, about how how it how it started out being rooted in the beauty of the body and the um, the syner- the synergistic uh, components of movement, um, and and he he was really going on. He was trying to teach a lesson to the new generation because, in some capacities, has moved away from there. Not not in whole. This is not an attack to the bodybuilding community by any means, um, but he was really able to articulate in Arnold fashion. Um, how how bodybuilding was about optimization. You know, 
you define your perfect. I do. I define perfect as this. Because time is a constant. If you get better than you were yesterday by one metric of change, then you are perfect. If you have a positive velocity, you are perfect. As long as your rate of change is increasing, it's positive. You're perfect because you're never going to stand still. If you try to stand still in the same place, time will move past you. Thus, you would get worse. So you must at least be moving at the same metric of time, however you measure it. Yeah, just getting better a little bit every day. That's mentally, physically, spiritually, um, all of those things, right? Like, you've got to get better um, because you're either adding to your life or you're taking away your life. Yeah. Right? So what what else do we have? We have everything to lose and everything Mm -hmm. to gain. Everything to gain. How do you take those things and add to your team? Again, I, I, I'd like to really hit on the the fields and applied science as well as entrepreneurship. I mean, entrepreneurship takes all types of delegation. How do you make those guys better? I mean, I think you and I are a great example of that because, you know, we've, since we've been working together, we both um, aligned philosophically as mm-hmm. well as uh, nutritionally. Uh, we work out together every day. We train together every morning. Um, all of these things are making me better, and I know they're making you better, right? So we have conversations that are sharpening each other's minds. We're having uh, work. We're having uh, training sessions that sharpen each other's bodies. We're having conversations that enlighten us more spiritually. Like all of these things are adding to my life, adding to your life, adding to our wives' lives, adding to the lives of the people around us. Um, the our friends, our family, everything. So um, I think that that's huge. You know, you are you're currently building a team of what about about four salespersons. Mm-hmm. You and I, we know we are already for the most part on pretty identical in frequency. What standards are you putting in place for your team? to operate synergistically towards a common goal we're all going to have to be on the same page we're all going to have to train together we're all going to have to understand the body the same we're all going to have to understand the science behind sales the same um, and understand power of collaboration as well we all lean on each other we're all always going to bring something different to the table so if we're not all utilizing the, the power that we possess um, there's no way to, to improve so it's each one teach one each one teach one I'm gonna learn things from um, I, I don't like the word superior subordinate that's not how we're gonna run our team we're all equals so you learn from the bottom <clears throat> up and from the top down you got to mm. you got to yeah. and that's what huge corporations like the one that I previously worked for don't understand like I could have taught all of the executives some higher than me mm-hmm. some stuff 100% the last time I learned from something from a higher up was years ago back my first district vice president other than that I was self-taught and I would take from from newbies I would take from vets I would take some of the things that I liked that the company was doing and I implemented the rest mm-hmm. uh, on my own and, and the knowledge that I had and I, I truly believe that's why I was successful because I've always been a student of the game I'm a student of life Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm also the steward of my own life. I am in control. I control where I go. I, I, I'm driving the whip, baby. But I don't know everything. Mm. And that's where a lot of people fail when, in fitness and health and in, in life in general. We're closed off. We're closed-minded. We, we think we know fucking everything. And we don't know shit. Mm. If I'm 80 years old, um, I'm going to know a lot more if I'm open-minded than if I would say closed-minded from 20 on, right? Yeah. I've learned so much in the last three weeks working with you by being open-minded that if I was closed-minded, one, we probably wouldn't be partners. Yeah. Two, I wouldn't have learned half the stuff I've, I've learned from you thus far. Vice versa. We bounce ideas off back uh, back and forth all day long um, via text, via in-person, yeah. you know, while we're training clients. Uh, you always ask me for my input because it's because you trust me. I always ask for your input because you trust me. So, I mean, people, if you're close-minded, especially in business, man, you're going to fail. You know, I, that's a good point. I do ask you, I ask you a lot, um, what do you think? How do you view this? What is your perspective? Um, because as, as an entrepreneur in, in, in the innovative space within applied science, um, I don't doubt what I know. No, and you don't. It, it, it's uh, it's refreshing to uh, your your confidence is, is refreshing because I'm confident, right? But I lack confidence in certain areas, and you help bring bring the best out of me. So, that's like, when you, the, that's the accuracy, though. The accuracy is there is an absolute truth. So I don't doubt what there I know. is. Yeah, because you know it. <laughs> but I'm inspired about what there is. To learn what there is to add to what I know, because there's always another opinion, and that's one major thing uh, about having a partner, right? Collaborative collaboration, yeah. uh, which I think takes us to the next topic: mitigating risk and challenges. I mean, man, I mean, there's gonna be a time where you don't know something, and maybe I know it. There's gonna be times where I don't know something, and you know it, and that's huge when it comes to partnerships. I mean, I, I really think that the risk is mitigated as well because you know we're breaking bank together we're breaking yeah. we're breaking the bread together we're both going to be all in as long as we're all in and we're, we're trying to help each other trying to scratch your back and i'm trying to you're trying to scratch mine man success is the only option man if i was alone i would be stressing uh i wouldn't know where to run who to ask if i need help or if i had a question or if i if i needed uh the, some funds to, to help keep the business afloat, which is why I went back to the, the corporation and I, I gave up on myself. What do you see as the risk necessary of mitigation in entrepreneurship? The biggest risk is, is not making enough money, hmm. I think. Um, what does that expose you to? I mean, I'm, I have answers to that, but what do you mean by that? I mean, if I don't make enough money, I can't pay the bills. Right. Then I'm forced to either go out and try to do it on my own and, and really force some things. And then when you're trying to force a sale, it always blows up in your face. But the only time you have to force a sale is if you're struggling or if uh, you're going after the wrong type of clientele. So you've taught me that. Don't downgrade yourself. Don't, downgrade don't, don't charge less. Charge more and you'll find the right clients. The right people will pay. Because, Gary, you know your shit. Bring the quality. Bring the quality. quality service first. And, and The quantity will come. Put the quality in your service. Quantity will always be there. You know, what I have not only experienced, but have been, um, I guess, in, in some, some 
capacity, um, maybe afraid is the word, um, mitigating the, I mean, this really wraps it all up uh, with the power of partnership, the, the, the benefits in partnership way up, high risk, high reward, because the benefit, I mean, the, 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 uh, the risk associated with partnership it's 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 risky man i've been burnt so many times I, I literally i uh formed my llc to open try to open a studio uh back in boonville yeah um anderson valley fitness that's my llc yeah. I, I named it that because i was gonna abbreviate it av fitness and health yeah uh, i was gonna be a studio i had the, i was gonna go sign a lease i was partnering with a pilates instructor it was gonna be dope and i had a few different people that were gonna be trainers for me and i was gonna be up there bi-weekly training some clients as well but uh, the only way to do it is have a team yeah i trusted those cats and they ended up flaking on me a few days before i was supposed to go sign a lease that i can't do it they didn't did want you to. already have money invested i was about to Mm. I was about to, I was about to put all the all the equipment uh, on credit, and I was gonna just make it happen. And, I did that before, bro. It was it was I was <laughs> terrified. I was scared shitless, but I was gonna do it because the risk the the reward was going to outweigh the risk, mitigate the risk. But I didn't have a partner. If I had mm. maybe somebody else that was putting in, um, and and I had some different options, or I actually had some more ideas. Um, I could have got more creative and I would there would have been less risk I think um, I think the risk associated not only with having the wrong people around you um, you know whether they, they have um, nefarious thoughts and intents um, having people who are extremely passionate extremely active but who do not align with your value system doesn't mean you have to think everything the same the misrepresentation of brand brand is so important branding is so important Mm -hmm. what do people think of you what do people think about when they hear your brand Um, if you attach yourself to the wrong people and you tell the world this is my partner you can burn yourself forever this person agrees with me this person you can trust and then they come out and do something that is uh, misrepresenting yeah. of who you are um, whether it's intentional or unintentional the dangers associated there um, they they can really tank your business um, so when it comes to the the power of partnership the collaboration um, one thing that that I'm extremely fortunate to say that um, through all the trials and tribulations the ups and downs what I found in you as a partner has been the aligned value system because it doesn't matter what perspective you're looking at it from um, you're going to arrive to the same or similar conclusion um, or at least something that is nurturing the same thought Um, and because of that we'll always be able to add synergistic thought towards the same goal you know we we always gonna make money 
Yeah, we're always going to make money because we're aligned, man. Yeah, bro. And uh, I've been, I've had partners that I wasn't aligned with, and, and it was just extremely uncomfortable. I, I, I haven't had an uncomfortable moment unless it's for the better. Yeah. You know, the only time we've had uncomfortable moments is when we're trying to make one another better and we're having a serious conversation about business or about uh, philosophy and just becoming a better man. And that's exactly what... Uh, a partnership does is it makes you better mm. not having a partner you don't really have room to improve because you don't have anyone pushing you and holding you accountable and I think that's what uh, the most important thing about our partnership is that we hold each other accountable we push each other we motivate each other and um, we just bring two different uh, aspects and, and so many different attributes to the table and, and it, it's huge you know that's a serious message to get across one that's important for um for all entrepreneurs out there, all leader team leaders, make sure your team is aligned with you. Work towards the same goal. Have a mission statement. If you're not done anything else, create your mission statement first, and make sure that or, and, and give it to your team. Give it to your team and make sure that um, they align with it. They, get them off your team. Get them off your team. They're not your team. They're not bad people. Maybe they are bad people, but it's not your business. They're not your team. Yeah, they have to align. They have to want to do good. And spread positivity and spread light. If not, get them off your team. It's gonna burn you at some point, some way, somehow. Um, but yeah, I think that's how we're gonna wrap it up. I think that's a good place to end it. Um, man, I- I'm happy to be your partner, brother. Mm. Um, thank you guys for listening to episode one. Every tenth, every twentieth, and every thirtieth of every month, we're gonna come out with a new episode for y'all. Yeah. And we're always gonna teach you something, and we're always uh, going to speak. Uh, speak light into you guys and we're going to only spread positivity awareness and true information uh, we promise uh, we bow to do so um, you got anything before we wrap it up brother? man we definitely do our best um, be intentional with the way that you move um, together we can move mountains and as I always say it's not like magic it is magic it is magic eternally rhetorical how do you move how do you move